He's been seen on CNBC, the Fox News Channel, and the Fox Business Channel. His articles can be found on MarketWatch, Seeking Alpha, TheStreet.com, and many other places. He's the author of the weekly Best Stocks Now newsletter and the inventor of the Best Stocks Now app. He's president of Gunderson Capital Management. Here is professional money manager, Bill Gunderson. And welcome to the Friday. It's Friday already. It is the February 16th edition of the Best Stocks Now show with professional money manager Bill Gunderson, president of Gunderson Capital Management. I'm here with Barry Kite, our chartered financial analyst, and it's a tale of uh, interest rates or inflation up, interest rates uh, up, and uh, market down today. That's the story. And uh, I think we can pretty much trace it to the PPI, the Producer Price Index. And as a result of all of that, the Dow's down 105 points right now, uh, which puts it at 38,667, just a tad off of its all-time high. The S&P is down 22. It hit a new all-time high yesterday, but down 22 today. It's at 5,007. The NASDAQ uh, is getting hit the worst. It's got the highest P.E. stocks. When interest rates go up, multiples contract. The higher the multiple, the more the contraction. The NASDAQ is down 128, no big deal. 15,778. Small caps down 1.1% today. Crude oil is up 7 cents as the Middle East tensions continue to rise. $78.10 on crude oil. Gold is uh, $2,007, down $7 per ounce today. Uh, silver's down a penny to 2294. Now here's the problem: the 10-year up six basis points, 4.30. We haven't seen a print like that in some time. And Bitcoin down 785 to 81 or 51,848. So welcome to today's Best Stocks Now show with professional money manager Bill Gunderson, president of Gunderson Capital Management. I'm strapped into my seat here today. With my seat belt on, ready to have a uh, fun Friday in the market. And uh, Barry is here also, ready to talk about uh, today's inflation report and why it's got the market uh, throwing a little bit of a temper tantrum here uh, today. But let's 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 pick up where we left off yesterday. There's been a lot okay. of stuff going on, right? Yesterday, all yeah. my troubles seem so far away. Now it looks as if they're here to stay. Friday. Uh, or yesterday, Thursday, the Dow was up 350, okay? It had a really good day. I saw breakouts across the board as I went through my 900 charts. Wow, look at that breakout. Wow, look at, and these were pretty much kind of new ones that have are, are joining in the parade here recently. A lot of small cap breakouts and everything, which tells me that the market is still very, very healthy. Uh, and uh, the move in the market has definitely spread out way beyond the uh, the fabulous seven. Uh, you had the S and P five hundred close at an all time high yesterday. Okay, so uh, you can't complain too much uh, about the market. The bugaboo right now seems to be one tenth of a point. Today it's two tenths of a point, right? Didn't the PPI come in two-tenths of a percent hotter than expected? Yep, came in at uh, 0.3% for the month of January versus uh, the 0.1% that was expected. So, yeah, we got two-tenths this time. Yeah, so, you know, our listeners are going, 
These are fractions. Two-tenths of one percent? You know, these are fractions, Bill. Well, you know what? In the stock market, and especially when you're tra- trading at high P.E. ratios like we are right now, fractions do matter. A tenth of a percent here, two-tenths of a percent here, and you've got interest rates up uh, four uh, basis points, and, and that shrinks the multiple on the higher end of the P.E. stocks and pretty much across the board. So that's where we're at. And the market keeps pushing back uh, pricing uh, pricing in uh, uh, rate cuts further and further back. I mean, I was, yeah. looking at, I was looking at the May contract today. There's a, basically a 65% chance that the Fed stays uh, where they're at currently in, uh, in, in the May meeting. Right, we're already skipping past the March meeting, but in the in the May meeting, sixty five percent chance that the that the Fed holds where we're at. Uh, that number would have been like ninety eight percent, I believe, for at least one cut. You had a yeah. bunch of uh, you actually had a bunch of folks that thought there would be two cuts by then. Um, so yeah, so I mean, that's the repricing that's going on exactly. from an interest rate standpoint. You're not going to get a rate cut with the inflation still hanging around. Uh, and uh, and with jobs, uh, I mean, with, with the jobs market, uh, you know, yeah, the as, the, as, uh, the initial jobless claims were low again yesterday. So look, just get used to it. I mean, uh, the original thought was by March we should get a rate cut. Nah, I'm we've pushed it off to summertime, at best, and uh, you know, with these two hot inflation, not hot, but higher than expected inflation reports. And the other fact of the matter is the prices that went way up over the last couple of years, they're not coming down. I mean, they're there to stay. Uh, so that's the another, uh, that's another part of that equation. Okay, housing starts, uh, they came in uh, pretty much quite a bit lower yeah. uh, than expected. And I'm just wondering if, uh, you know, all these high interest rates and whatnot are finally catching up with the housing market. The housing market's biggest problem was supply. There was no supply out there. And if you look at real estate listing, now I don't know about you, but I'm sensing more people uh, listing their homes these days. I've seen a few more open houses lately in my neighborhood. I've seen a little bit more inventory, but I think the inventory is still pretty tight. Why? Well, people don't want to lose their 3.5% mortgage or whatever it is and uh, sell their home and go out and have to uh, negotiate a mortgage at a much higher rate right now. Uh, That makes things tight. And the cost for new homes uh, is out of the reach of a lot of people now. Uh, because of those higher interest rates, so the and, whole and weather and weather still could affect right that yeah. uh, that housing number for, at least for the month right in terms of the uh, you know what I think the number was January housing starts were down almost fifteen percent uh, in January and obviously that was really the first um, you know real real winter blast right that really uh, kind of you know, took a grip across the the whole country uh, at one time. So. Okay, well, the, you know, the, the, uh, the trend these days, this is another day, and there's another new upgrade on NVIDIA. Another <laughs> price tiger art icon NVIDIA. For, I, was gonna, I was wondering if it was for SMCI. I didn't know which uh, one. Well, it's in the off. news today, too. That's coming up next. <laughs> but uh, NVIDIA, which has now passed everybody but Apple and uh, uh, who's the other no, one? Microsoft. Uh, and Microsoft in market cap. 
That's Believe it or not, NVIDIA way. is bigger than Amazon. Uh, NVIDIA is bigger than who, uh, they, they, who did they pass yesterday? They passed uh, Google. They passed Alphabet. Amazon at one point and then Google what yesterday, right? Yeah, so they're number three as far as size goes. Uh, I've got them at $1.8 trillion. I think that's where they're at right now. This is a chip company. Uh, no wonder it's our biggest position. It's the third biggest company uh, in the market these days. Now, our five-year price target on uh, NVIDIA right now, uh, our valuation has it at 1125 okay? This is the one that's laughable. No, that was Lily, where someone called it laughable. It's not so laughable. Here's the. Uh, they here's made a the, comment on. They made a made a made a different comment besides laughable. Yeah. Uh, the NVIDIA. You never. This is, comes from Loop Capital, which some thinks a little loopy, but I think they're out of Chicago. They put a new Wall Street high price target on the GPU giant of twelve hundred. Okay, we're at eleven twenty-five, but we're five years out. I don't know what the time frame is on their uh, on their uh, target price. When's it going to hit twelve hundred? Uh, that's sixty percent upside from here. Would that would that put it beyond uh, Apple? I think it would. I think they would overtake uh, Apple uh, and be challenging Microsoft. It, it seems a little unsustainable to me. Uh, just putting that in perspective. But now you've got a new... And generally speaking, these price targets that these firms put out are are, are, are 6 to 12 months, okay? Yeah, well, and don't forget the... Remember the the, the old joke... Uh you know, give a give a price target or, or a date, not both. <laughs> that's the is old, that it? Okay, that's well, the old, I, that's the old adage. <laughs> I give a price target. And it's always five years <laughs> from date, today, yeah. whatever right. today is. Uh, and well, Rosenblatt put out an eleven hundred dollar target price on uh, on it uh, last year. Now I'm going to have to I revisit my target price all the time because you're seeing multiple expansion in the stock. Uh, this one does have an expandable multiple. Uh, based on the growth, really. I mean, you can't set your 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 multiple at twenty and leave it there. Uh, you know, we've had to expand it along the way as their uh, earnings accelerated. Okay, so that's your near target price. When we come back, uh, we'll take a look at SMCI. What what of my subscribers yesterday wrote uh, on my in my chat room? He said, "I think it's a short squeeze." And I look, Barry, and there's very little short interest on this stock. And I wrote back, I think it's exploding fundamentals that are driving this darn thing. Whatever it is, we're enjoying the ride. We'll be right back. Back here to the second uh, quarter of today's Best Stocks Now show. Well, actually, the battle at Super Microcomputer has just turned negative. Uh, the 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 <laughs> it's kind of fun to watch. Uh, it is now down twelve percent, Barry. 
after just some enormous gains here. It's traded 12 times normal volume. Yeah, after being up 8, I mean, it was up 8% earlier just uh, when yeah, it that's started a big swing. Show. It was yep. over $1,000 a share, and it's down to 875 at the moment. Well, there's a lot of nervous money in there. I mean, look, this stock was 235 At the beginning of the year, it's 270 It got it hit. It went above a thousand today. Yeah, I think it's fair to say that it's the biggest winner in the stock market so far this year. Now, I would just warn the short sellers uh, and those uh, that uh, think they can short this stock. This most recent quarter that they reported is just the very first quarter of liftoff, right? I mean, this company's been growing by about. No, you know, it's it's had good growth over the years, but now it's got the afterburners in because of the NVIDIA effect and because of the AI effect. So yeah, I would be real scared about shorting this stock because of the fu- strong fundamentals underlying it, right? Yeah, I mean, and, and, and you know, then there's really, you know, who knows how high it could go, right? I mean, in terms of, uh, you know, just in terms of, you know, shorting a stock, right, is really, I mean, theoretically, right, you can have an infinite loss if the stock goes to infinity. And so uh, you look at the uh, you know, estimates for 2024, you had earnings estimates of, uh, you know, 83% growth this year. Yeah, um, and know, $25 a share next year. Right. And it wouldn't surprise me to see a 50 multiple on those $25 per share. That put it at 1250 Yeah, I mean, this was amazing. 2025, you've got a 34% increase, right estimated increase in, in earnings per share. And that's on top of an 83% increase this year. Yeah, I mean, it's just taken off the runway and the afterburners are in. So somebody asked me yesterday, would you buy it? Because it, it hit 1000 yesterday. I said, no, I'd be very nervous about buying it right now at this level and now it's down 11 percent today but i would also be very nervous about putting in a short bet against this thing uh, because you've got accelerating uh, earnings just beginning here it would appear to me now up 979 percent over the last 12 months <laughs> that's pretty all right <laughs> I well somebody that number before i said we've it. got morgan stanley finally catching up to us asking the question could lily be the first one trillion dollar biopharma stock we've already got a an article out there you way said that right way before morgan <laughs> stanley but you know what they seem to be they seem to be getting rid of a lot of dead weight over there at Morgan Stanley. They're getting rid of changing things up a little bit. They have a new CEO. Morgan Stanley is not worried about Eli Lilly's potential to generate further upside. Well, either am I. I mean, this thing has just taken off, really. This is pretty much still a brand-new drug. Uh, they asked in a research note, on Friday, whether or not the weight loss drug maker could be the first to join the $1 trillion club, fueled by strong demand for its diabetes and weight loss drugs, Monjero and Zepbound, Lilly has more than doubled in value over the last 12 months. It's past Tesla. Uh, uh, Tesla, so, you know, there's a thing with momentum there, too. Tesla has lost its momentum. Lily is just gaining momentum, and and you don't have as much execution risk. I mean, like you said, you know, it's a it's a you know, as you mentioned a lot, these drugs have been around, they've been tested, and you're just simply using it for a uh, a, a different function than initially it was uh, it was used for. Um, Get, so. Guess what their rating is on Lily, Barry? What do you think their rating is on Lily? I, I love it. 
Overweight. Overweight on the yeah, overweight yeah, on the truck loss on the weight loss stock. We're overweight. Yes, we are, and that's why it's going to continue to do well. They raised their price target to nine fifty. Okay, where's the Gunderson team at, Lily? I well, I just published an article uh, on Lily. Uh, our valuation now five years from now remember 1545 take that i'll see your 950 morgan stanley <laughs> and i'll raise you by 500 points but you got to give me five years okay uh i like those long valuations that match the growth rate that only makes logical sense uh, and uh, also, uh, you know, takes away a lot of the short-term emotion out of the stock when they miss a quarter or whatever. Lilly is currently the most valuable healthcare company in the U.S. It's now the ninth most valuable S&P 500 component. It still trails tech giants such as Microsoft and Apple, which have already surpassed the trillion-dollar milestone. Its Danish rival, Novo Nordisk, with Ozempic and Wogovi, has become Europe's most valuable company. After a 72% rise last year, uh, and last month, Norges Bank, I heard that interview, uh, that's Norwegian Sovereign Wealth Fund, the world's largest sovereign wealth fund, projected that both Lilly and Novo could be the first healthcare stocks to achieve the trillion-dollar mark. I totally agree. All right, now, here's another one. I like this story. Maybe we'll save this for the second half. I think I will, uh, because we got an update from the Turnaround King uh, on uh, their plans going forward. So we'll, I, don't, I don't think I can do it in the few minutes. We'll make sure he keeps wearing the crown as a key. Yes, let, let's look at the companies going the wrong way. Nike to slash over 1,600 jobs to reduce cost. It's never a good sign. Morgan Stanley yesterday was 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 uh, uh, reducing uh, workers. Toast, which you know a lot of restaurants now are using the Toast software system, but they're laying off 550 workers. That's never a good uh, sign. Uh, that's a very competitive business. Uh, and you know, here lithium prices are down 80 percent since the start of last year. Lithium prices. It just seems like that EV uh, fervor. I saw today that Lucid was lowering the prices on their cars. uh, Tesla, of course, has been off and on lowering the prices. And these lithium stocks are getting crushed. 80% lithium prices have plunged 80% since the start of last year. Albemarle up in North Carolina. Yeah. Crushed. They're saying, however, that this is unsustainable. They think lithium prices are going to go back up on their earnings conference call. So, if you're an extreme contrarian, I'll tell you the two that have been crushed. The two, uh, the two commodities, natural gas has been crushed, and uh, lithium uh, has been crushed. Uh, so you know <laughs> the yeah, solar both, stocks both have been, have been tough, crushed too. Yeah, both have been tough uh, commodities to be in, and yeah, you've mentioned the, the, the solar names have you know kind of been in the in the doldrums for a while here. Yep. Uh, particularly as interest rates have gone up, it makes those solar projects more expensive. Um, yep. And you don't and get as much benefit. Long-term uh, right. stocks in a in a high interest rate environment yep. right now. Okay, well, you know what? I'll be working on my newsletter uh, as soon as I'm done managing money here. 
later today. If you'd like to get two free weeks, get on our weekly mailing list. It comes every Saturday. It's the best stock market newsletter out there, and I'm biased. Go to GundersonCapital.com, GundersonCapital.com, to get uh, two free weeks of the of the full month. This is Bill Gunderson. Thank you for tuning in to today's Best Stocks Now, Best Inverse Funds Now show. I put several hours of research in during the wee hours of the morning each day to bring you the very best cutting-edge stories that I can. To get two free weeks of my newsletter, go to GundersonCapital.com. To talk to us about our fee-based only money management services, call us at 855-611-BEST. Now, back to the second half of the show. Back here to the second half of today's Best Stocks Now show. i got a good story to tell here uh, on a potential turnaround stock. Let's just see what the market's doing here so far. Let's see here. We had a hotter-than-expected uh, PPI report. Uh, you know, CPI, PPI, all these different uh, <laughs> reports. Influencing the market. The, the Nasdaq's down 124 right now. The Dow's down 82. The Dow hit a new all-time high yesterday. The S&P 500 hit a new all-time high yesterday. And I will be updating my uh, my my target price on the S&P. We've been right so far on the S&P 500. We're just a little less than three months into the year 2024. Now, okay, I wrote an article about uh, QSR which is Restaurant Brands International, back on uh, May uh, 4th. Well, that's right before Kentucky Derby Day. Okay, anyways, May 4th of 2023, the stock is up 10%, 9.6% since then. The S&P is up 23%, Barry. I'm going to blame this pick on you. No. <laughs> I think this pick's going to turn out, and here's the reason why. Okay. <clears throat> Let's... You know, if ever there was a company in need of a turnaround, uh, <laughs> to me it's it's restaurant brands. Now, they have four brands. They operate 30,000 restaurants. That's a lot. Under the name Burger King, Tim Hortons, Popeyes, and Firehouse Subs. Yeah, that was the, new, that was the newest edition. Yes. Now, okay, Uh I, I, I've seen a lot of turnarounds. It's this is a different play. This is not somebody with something new. This is a... a, a not a, a disruptor. A, a, no, not a disruptor. This is a CEO that is going in that has already turned around one company, and now he's going to attempt it again. There's no there's no guarantee he'll, 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 he'll succeed, but Patrick Doyle was with Domino's from March 2010 to June 2018, Barry. When Doyle took over in 2010, DPZ Domino's was $11 per share. When he left, it was $269 per share. That's a lot of pepperonis. (laughs) That works out to a 2,345% overall gain. I think he brought back the Noid too. The, remember the, the the red guy, uh, uh, 
Mascot, yeah, and he, he improved the crust so it didn't back, taste yeah. like the cardboard. An investment of $10,000 when Doyle came on the board would have turned into $269 million by the time he left. He also turned Domino's into a digital powerhouse during his tenure. Well, the reason I bring this up is because uh, uh, QSR had their, uh, what do you call it, Investor Day yesterday? Mm-hmm. Yep. And they set some aggressive growth targets during their investor event. And I think really they, they're, they're really sandbagging here <laughs> on their targets. Uh, the restaurant chain operator expects to achieve a minimum of 40,000 restaurants. Okay, so that would be another 10,000 across their four brands. Uh, and six, that they want to add $60 billion in sales and $3.2 billion in adjusted operating income by 2028. Okay, that's five years four years, four or five years from now, uh, which would be single-digit growth. But, again, I think uh, it, that works out to about 8% uh, growth over the next five years. I think that uh, they're probably on the low end of that. Uh, Doyle says we have a pretty remarkable combination of growth drivers, uh, and he says the outlook that we are giving is the lowest average performance that we expect. Okay, so this is the lowest average performance. Uh, he They expect to, to uh, drive the Tim Hortons chain. I've never been to a Tim Hortons, but I've heard rave reviews. We, we drove it. by one and uh, in, in Detroit. Remember, it was on the other side of the... Uh, oh, the and we were right. like, oh, I'm like, oh, but we couldn't it. do... We didn't get a chance to do any boots on the ground there. <laughs> I was, well, I was they're looking uh, <laughs> significant growth through wraps, bowls, savory pastries, snacking, and new product innovation. Yeah, and big in Canada, and then of course, uh, you know, they've 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 been tasked to kind of grow that brand in other 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 areas, almost like a I don't know. I've heard it described almost as a kind of, you know quasi Dunkin' Donuts, you know. Yeah, uh, but with a lot more. Right. That's what I heard. Yeah, with, with a, a lot, lot more, with a lot more menu choices. Right. For the Burger King chain, they're going to upgrade. That's the first thing they need to do. I mean, their their facilities are like horrible. They make it a substantial financial commitment to co-invest with franchisees to accelerate a modern image. Okay, and that includes the acquisition of the Carroll's Restaurant Group, which we did very well with that because Mm -hmm. we saw Patrick Doyle's magic going down to Carroll's, which was their biggest franchisee, and it ended up getting bought out. We made a lot of money in that uh, little play. Uh, so I think they're going to do a lot of re-imaging, uh, reimagining the menu, etc. And they had some sites. They went through a time period where they were, you know, in terms of you know, real estate sites, right, where they were building new restaurants. Uh, whereas, you know, over the last three to five years, they've they've been you know, really only doing A sites. Uh, you know, in the past, they were doing you know B and C sites uh, yeah. as well. And you know, it just. Uh, uh, you, know, you, you really don't give the, the the unit a chance early on, if uh, yeah, you know, especially if there's other competition out there. Yeah, and you've got to have a good product and the good digital, and uh, you got to be workers. doing what Chick Fil A is doing, and the you good have workers. A good staff, you know, yeah. yeah, and they have big plans for Popeyes. Well, you know what? When I see the lines at Chick Fil A, you know, come on, do what they're doing, and so they're going to really increase the Popeyes uh, business. 
and the firehouse subs also. So, anyways, we're in it. We're in it, even though it uh, we're, we haven't lost money. We've made some money in it so far, uh, but we're in it uh, to 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 give Doyle a chance to do his magic. All right, and uh, that's uh, you can you can read that article uh, that we wrote in uh, in in Seeking Alpha. Uh, about nine months ago, and you can read the article in Seeking Alpha today that they wrote about the uh, goals that this uh, company has. Okay, huge earnings from applied materials today. That's a good thing, okay? Applied materials is a key semiconductor company, a key semiconductor company. They're a $166 billion large cap that manufactures the inspection, the etching, the cleaning equipment used in the flat panel display fabrication. The stock is up 7.1% today, or $13 per share, uh, and that's just a good sign because they're the ones that make the semiconductors. Most of the, the semiconductors today, companies like Qualcomm and like AMD and like NVIDIA, they're fabulous. That means they don't fabricate the semiconductors. They design the chips, and then they count on people uh, like uh, <coughs> like uh, Taiwan, Taiwan Semiconductor to produce. Yeah. But Applied Materials builds the equipment, the equipment side of things, and uh, they've been around a long time. Well-run company, not exactly the high-end, you know, ASM. Yeah, not as- a- yeah, not ASML. Yeah, but ASML has been hitting new highs here recently. Uh, I think ASML is a Cadillac, uh, and I think that, uh, you know, Applied Materials is more of a Volkswagen, maybe just kind of plugging along. But anyways, I mean, it's good for the whole industry uh, when you see uh, a very good earnings report from Applied Materials. Okay, let's see what else we got here. A few other earnings. We're about 80%, 85%. Roku, all right, this is one of Kathy Wood's big four. Uh, Roku is getting smashed today. I have never liked, well, I did at one time in the early days, but they've never, ever figured out how to be profitable. Uh, they're well, up against so many. Oh, such the, a competitive yeah. place. I mean, Everybody yeah. wants a subscription for you to stream. And uh, Roku is down 22% today. What is that doing to, to ARC funds? Uh, ARC is down 1.1%. But I'll tell you what, here's the problem. Uh, you know, we've had an inverse fund on, on Kathy Woods. She's got an intangible that I can't measure, that I can't predict, and that is uh, that stupid uh, Bitcoin. She's a big investor in Bitcoin. She owns uh, she owns uh, what is Coinbase? Okay, so Coinbase is up today, twelve uh, percent. For me, Bitcoin is an intangible. How do you predict it other than watching the charts? So you know what? I just back off of trying to uh, you know I've done well with uh, buying Sark in the past. But with that intangible of Bitcoin in there, it's just not as predictable as it used to be. We'll be right back.
And welcome back here to the uh, final segment of today's uh, Best Stocks Now show for the week. Uh, it's been uh, a busy week. It's been a fun week. There's been a lot of exciting things happening. I would say probably the biggest story this past week, probably the inflation news, uh, the yeah, CPI, probably both of them. PPI. Yeah. All right. And then, of course, these earnings that are coming in, the, in. And the market seems to be behaving fairly well, given the fact that we're going into, you know, going into a three-day weekend. Of course, as you mentioned, uh, you know, some of the geopolitical uh, stuff heating up, particularly in the Middle East. And so going into a three-day weekend, a lot of times you'll get this kind of, uh, you know, risk-off narrative. And you, you, haven't, you certainly haven't, with just the NASDAQ being down half a percent, you're not really necessarily seeing that, uh, at least not at the moment. Yeah, and uh, also, uh, you know, look at what happened on uh, Tuesday or Monday. Well, Tuesday, I guess it was when the after the CPI yeah, number CPI came, out, came out, right? Yeah, the market tanks, and then it comes storming back on. Uh, so that buy the dip uh, mentality is definitely still there. Okay, the next one I want to talk about. I I always I've always leaned to either disruptors. Fast-growing companies or turnaround plays. Those are kind of my three things that I look for. And uh, I have seen so many disruptors uh, during my career in the business since 1999, almost every industry. It's hard to name an industry that hasn't been disrupted uh, in one way or another. And you can continue to hold on to the disrupted I'd rather own the disruptor uh, than the disrupted. You can continue to own, uh, hold on to your target. I'd rather own Amazon, right? I mean, you could go on and on and on about the disruptors uh, in the business. Uh, I think even you know even companies can come along with a new product that becomes a disruptor. I think these weight loss drugs could disrupt the entire. And that's a huge industry. Dieting. Weight loss, gyms, blah blah blah. I mean, uh, people huge. Even take it into you can take it into you know Pepsi or uh, or Coca Cola yeah, in terms exactly. of uh, in terms of snacking. But yeah, the uh, you, you know the, 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 you you want to be the disruptor normally, give you know primarily because you look at growth rates, right? Well, who, who do you think's the grower in that? Who's taking market share in that example? The disruptor or the disrupted? Uh, the disrupted just trying to hold on to <laughs> market share while right. the other one is, is, is growing. Well, you know, I mean, I consider myself. I, I'm I'm a disruptor. I mean, in a small way, uh, of the, uh, the the typical way that they do business on Wall Street. I look at Wall Street as a big swamp with a lot of swamp creatures looking for their next victim. I've seen so many bad ideas out of Wall Street over the years, and when I watch the CNBCs and the and the and the Fox Business Channels and listen to the Bloombergs of the world, I hear about just all these horrible stocks that have been disrupted or aren't growing anymore. And unfortunately, it, it's kind of like a disease that has spread—the disease I would call of mediocrity, something you can get just about anywhere. You know, someone gets a, a securities license and they then put you into an ETF allocation and collect 2% off of you <laughs> until you move your account. And there's very little work involved. Sounds like a good gig if you can get it. But you know what? I believe in uh, going underneath the surface and my snorkel every day and my mask and my fins and, and looking for disruptors and looking for the best stocks in the market today. 
We talk about all the time, at a time, Cisco was a great stock. It was a disruptor, a massive disruptor. That was then. This is now. So anyways, I consider DoorDash to be a disruptor. I wasn't really sold on it. I thought, you know, how much money can there be in delivering? But And, and you know, this one's down today. It's down 11%, but it hit a new all-time high yesterday. Okay, so I'm not too worried about it. Get this. Look, listen to these these statistics. Over the last quarter, they tallied 574 million orders. That's 23% year over year, okay? Wow. Uh, growth, okay? Uh, and they beat their consensus, which was for 560. I don't know how you predict this. 561.8 million orders. I mean, that includes food from great restaurants. It includes uh, Mike's, uh, Jersey Mike's sandwiches, McDonald's, whatever it is, okay? Uh, DoorDash's revenue grew 27% year over year to $2.30 billion, and that was better than expected. I think the biggest issue here is the bottom line, is the earnings. Now, DoorDash is expected to turn to profitability here this year. They've lost money uh, ever since they came public in 2020. Uh, they've been as high as $257 a share back in 2021. That was the post-COVID uh, you know, uh, run in the market, which was way overdone. Uh, and uh, building in a lot of expectations on someday maybe being profitable. Now they're at the point, several years later, the stock's been cut in half, and it's been as low as 40. Okay, now it's at 112. I'm going to be watching these earnings estimates. This year they're expected to turn profitable, and next year they're expected to make $3.57 per share. That's the key. If they're going to make that, then this uh, looks like a pretty good uh, growth stock. You can make a good case for upside potential here. Uh, And uh, this quarter that they just reported, I think it might have been a little light on the the bottom line. Uh, They lost $0.39 per share. I think they were expected maybe uh, to lose a, a little bit less than that. But they're saying, you know, give us two more quarters and then we turn to profitability in the second half of next year. So, you know, I'm expected to, I'm going to be patient. They topped their expectations on the key metrics for the holiday quarter. Uh, So uh, we're going to stick with uh, our DoorDash position, which is in our ultra growth portfolio. This is not a big, well-established company. This is not an NVIDIA. This is not a Microsoft. Uh, It's a disruptor uh, in the industry. And, uh, you know, Uber is too. I mean, Uber delivers too. They deliver food, right? Right, and obviously Uber, you know, yeah, Uber being the uh, more integrated play because yes. the, the ride share eats. and other things, right? But uh, uh, but certainly, you know, that market uh, and, and Uber proved it in their uh, in their report that uh, you know it's a viable market. So yeah, well, Uber had a huge huge report yesterday. Okay, well, we're out of time for the week. I hear the music when the music's over. Well, we've got uh, a new newsletter coming out tomorrow. GundersonCapital.com for two free weeks. Set up an appointment with us uh, and uh, or talk with us about your portfolio needs, uh, financial planning. Also, 
Barry is a certified financial planner. Give us a call at 855-611-BEST, 855-611-BEST. Have a great day. This show is not a solicitation to buy or sell any securities. Bill Gunderson or clients of Gunderson Capital Management may have long or short positions in stocks mentioned during the show. Past performance is not indicative of future performance. Gunderson Capital Management is a fee-based registered investment advisory firm. All accounts are held at Charles Schwab. Schwab is a member of SIPC and FINRA.